Today is January 24th, and Sonny Gray has officially been traded, and Mariana Rivera and Mike Mussina are officially Hall of Famers. Let's talk Yanks. What's up? How's everyone doing? Thank you for joining Talking Yanks. My name's John Boy, coming to you from New Jersey, and I got Jake live from Denver here on this fine, fine day to talk about the Yanks. Jake, how you doing? Mahalo. Mahalo. Arawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawakwikawak
15 to 18 million dollar per year pitcher probably um so the reds are taking a chance they his road numbers were there they have his old college pitching coach so um and it, yeah the i uh again I, you know i like to toot my own horn but yeah i was i think i was all over this one good job by you uh i was all over and we kind of both were all over that shed long was not long for the yankees i i thought he'd be flipped by the deadline so I put up a poll, how long will Shed Long be a Yankee by September of 2019? Right. It was not a Yankee one minute after the poll. Instant flip. Instant Insta flip. flip. Insta flip. Shed Long never really Yankee because it was a three-team trade. They instantly traded Shed Long to the Seattle Mariners for a guy named Josh Stowers. Josh Stowers is younger than Shed Long, has a higher ceiling, plays a different position, but most of all... Shed Long had to be on the 40-man roster, and we have so many 40-man guys already that that, that that was just adding a mess. So Stowers doesn't have to be on the roster. So that's why they did that. Uh, do you need to know the name Josh Stowers? No, you don't. He's going to be an A-ball. He's 22 years old. He's a center field prospect that crushed. Like, he went to the Cape. His numbers from his one season at Cape Cod League are, like, very impressive. If you put any stock into any of that. But also, I think with Florial having a bad year last year and dropping down, and with how many outfielders the Yankees have traded away in the last two years, that it makes sense for them to get this outfielder instead of the, the middle infielder. So, that's that. you have anything to add? I mean, I don't even think we really need to talk about it that much. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you're, you're probably going to see Shed Long in the majors before you see Josh Stowers, I think. Um, there's a chance for more potential, but... Um, yeah, it's 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 all lottery tickets. Um, so we'll see. It's a 40 man. I think you were also right on that they value this draft pick more. Yeah, man. I, I think that was that was the big thing because it think about it normally. If it was player to be named later or something, we'd be like, oh yeah, Sonny signed the extension, so they got this guy. Yeah. Um But yeah, I I think they're really into the draft pick and um I don't know, kind of refueling the farm at your own, uh, now it's in your scout's hands with the draft pick. So, and that's, that's what they believe in. Go. So no more Sonny Gray. Bye Sonny. Bye Sonny. Good luck. Do we get, do we have the goodbye montage set up? No, I didn't do it because people are too vicious. Oh yeah. Like with Chris Carter, no one was vicious. Cause like it was, he was such a mope. Right. It was hard to be vicious towards Chris Carter because it was so funny how bad he was. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. So like the good the fake goodbye video was funny. But if I put one out for Sonny Gray, man, I don't like throwing things out that just all the sharks come and just put their vicious paws all over it. Like so I didn't do one. You make the shark analogy and you go pause? <laughs> <laughs> You got to see what sharks look like in my head, Jake. <laughs> Damn, man. It is nuts. <laughs> should have went. Yeah, you had the layup there. Should have went teeth. Yeah. Jaws. I, I think a lot of people would go there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, most exciting thing that happened in Yankee land. Four guys got voted into Hall of Fame. Two were Yankees. Yeah. Has, Yankees um, are the best ever. I was has talking. Moose, has Moose announced yet? Does he have to? Uh, I don't know. He said he doesn't know. Last I heard, he didn't know. But I missed a big interview with him today that he might have announced. But he might go in with no hat. Like, uh, what's the Braves pitcher? Maddox. He just went Rank. with like no hat. Who cares? Don't choose a team. Like, if I'm Moose, don't choose a team. Would you be upset if he didn't choose a team? Would what would you rather? Him choose the Orioles or him just go Sans logo? I have no qualms at all because obviously he made some great memories with the Yankees, um, and you know I I like the Yankees, so I would I would root for that. Um, he got his twenty 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 wins with the Yanks, um, but dude, I mean, like he coming up and being a major league player, like look look at how we just talked about Shed Long and Josh Stowers. These guys are the two guys that just had their lives basically completely switched. And there's maybe a chance they play in the major leagues. So for, you know, Mike Mussina to come up through the Orioles system, age 22, 1991, we're talking, and then to become the the 
perennial Cy Young candidate that he did become for them throughout the 90s. Like, man, uh, playing Moose in Baltimore was tough. That was a, you know, that was a buckle your straps kind of game. Like, I remember even thinking that as, like, a youth. So, um, if he does none or if he does both, I mean, it's, for, for me, it is what it is. Mike Messina went to Stanford. Am I correct in that? I think he was super smart. And I think, like on his Yankeeography, I think the story is he went to Stanford and in his first game, he threw like a no-hitter, like his first college exhibition game. I think I want to say he threw a no-hitter as a freshman. Like something crazy jumped on the scene. Might be not be exactly correct, but I know he like made a statement. He wrote his senior thesis in Stanford on the economics of signing out of I out of high school as opposed to college. <laughs> Just super, go. super smart baseball on the brain all the time. He yeah. he he didn't well, sign. Jim, you know why? School. Why? You know where he was born. He was born. I do not know where he was born. Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Oh Just yeah, I do know that because he he goes on the little league sometimes and talks. Just a goddamn baseball life, man. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. I'm trying to find that college thing. Um, in three years with the Cardinals, Messina compiled a 31 and 16 record with a 3.89 ERA, two College World Series appearances, and selected All American. He finished with a 0.99 ERA his junior year before he went to the draft. What a Not nut bad. Job. What a nut job. Big fan of Moose. Bigger fan of Mo, who gets in first time, unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer. Pretty cool. We had a debate on John Boy and Jake Radio today about that that we won't rehash, but very cool that he did that. We both didn't think anyone would ever go in first ballot unanimous. Yeah, I just always thought writers would be kind of snobby or stupid about it, or you'd have, you know, that I won't throw Boston fully under the bus here, but it works in the example of some Boston writer was like, oh, I'm not, I mean, guy's not a Hall of Famer for me. Um, I just thought we'd always see that in baseball, but... uh yeah, it's cool, and I mean, man, I, I think you and I have this thing a little bit that we, and I think a lot of baseball people do this, that you end up on, like, Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds' baseball reference page probably, I don't know, once a month, just because somebody will be talking about a great season or OBP or something, and you'll be like, Jesus, Barry Bonds was getting on base <laughs> at a 60% clip, blah, blah, blah. This was one of my first times really perusing through Mariano's, like, stats, which, A, I think says something about Mariano because no one really cared. It was just when he came in, it happened, and that was it. Yeah, I don't ever remember. Yeah, I don't ever remember, like, have you seen his whip lately? Have you seen his what lately? It was just automatic. People were like, are we spoiled by Mariano? Of course we got spoiled by Mo. Of course. There's no other way to put it. And I... And I think, Jimmy, that's one of the more shocking things. Um, his control, well, A, was incredible. He threw one pitch. <laughs> let, let, <laughs> we don't have to do the whole thing, but he threw one pitch. But, Jimmy, his strikeout numbers like aren't that impressive. And I know the game was played a little differently, but he was like right around a strikeout per inning, sometimes below, um, but like very few walks. His whip was... He finished with a career whip of one on the nose, just one flat. Uh, but most seasons it was under that. Um, so Are just you? really impressive, dude. That cutter, he just, he literally was a buzzsaw. And literally. Came, are you looking at his 2004, 2005 seasons? Yeah. Holy shit. He finished, in, in 2004, he finished third in the Cy Young. In 2005, he finished second in the Cy Young. In 2004, he finished ninth in the MVP. In 2005, you finished ninth in the MVP. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like. You're right. I just never looked through these because it was like, yeah, he's great. What? You, but I, I didn't mean, know. I didn't it, know he finished second in the Cy Young. He lost to Bartolo. He me. lost to Bartolo because the the strikeouts really aren't insane. He just like broke your bat. Um, and yeah, I mean, Jimmy, the the numbers are silly from it from age 33 to 43. <laughs> Think about that. Age 33 to 43. Again, we're talking about Josh Stowers maybe getting to the bigs. Mariano, from age 33 to 43, had a 189 ERA in 667 games. 
704 innings with a 189 ERA from age 33 to 43. Um, Hey, man, (laughs) I'm not 33 yet, so just just get me there. Just get me to 33 and see what I can do. The guy is just a beautiful man, and I think that's all I have to say about that. Also, like, super humble and all that good stuff. Uh, uh, Like, played with a milk carton as a glove when he was a kid. Played with a milk carton as a glove and rock as a ball. First first ballot unanimous hall of famer what a story they're gonna make a movie about they're gonna make a movie about him right i had the glove and the ball and i was pretty bad (laughs) you didn't have the will yeah there'll be mo money mo movie money i mean well it'll be titled something like unanimous or 100 percent the closer the closer that's a really good name um uh, starring Mariano Rivera, and he's just he's a businessman now. He's closing deals. Dude, the one that clipped me up was uh, Mel Stoudemire's boat. Mo Stoudemire's boat is named Mo in the Ninth. Mel Stoudemire's boat was named Mo in the Ninth. Dude, something about that like just gave me chills. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really processing it right now. Like the day he gets a boat, and he's like, I'm going to call it Mo in the Ninth. Like, I think it's a little bit of an homage to, like, Mo getting him the boat. <laughs> like, getting the credit for Mariano Rivera's innings as a pitching coach. And I think it's it's also like a double entendre for, like, you want your boat to be something reliable. <laughs> and he kind of named it the most reliable thing he knew. Well, like, yeah, Mel Stoudemire was like, what's the best thing you can think of? And he's like, Mo in the ninth. Like, yeah. What? Dad, what? That's when Mariano pitches the ninth inning. That means we're winning, and it means we're about to win. So that's the best thing in the world. So I'm going to name my boat after the best thing in the world. It's mowing the ninth. Yeah, that's 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 some chills inducing stuff. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I think his wife was like, "What? Come on, (laughs) do we have to?" Okay, yeah, mowing the ninth. Yeah, that's probably my favorite story. So the story: Michael Young on Texas Rangers said they would put the the metal donut on their bats. And when Posada set up inside, that meant the cutter was coming. Cause he did throw like a four seam sometimes. Right. Uh, that meant the cutter was coming and they would slam the donut off the bat. So you could hear it. He said, still didn't do shit. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. He said it, it would be a 12 pitch inning instead of nine. Yeah. Tashera um, said so many switch hitters tried to bat righty because the cutter just killed lefties and they still couldn't hit him. He gave up zero home runs to lefties in the postseason. And he faced like a million and the best lefties in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a, I don't know, kind of a, a beautiful week for baseball. The old, uh, I mean, Edgar Martinez, there was some debate if like a DH could go in. Um, now, it, nowadays, it's kind of acceptable because of him. And it's hilarious that Mariano, the contra- quote unquote controversy around, I mean, someone like Edgar Martinez going in. Um, with Mariano being the first unanimous Hall of Famer, meeting how good Edgar Martinez was against Mo. Yeah, I mean it's just like it's it's beautiful full full circle stuff. Tears in your eyes. I have a clip here, and I want to listen to it of Mariano's first ever save in the big leagues. And I believe it's John Sterling and Michael K doing play by play together, which will be a treat. Rivera deals strike. Not that Rivera can't do it, but you wonder why not Wetland today. I don't know. I wonder why. And why isn't Wetland even up? I mean, there's nobody warming the bullpen. Yanks are up 8-5 to versus the Angels. It'll be an 0-1. There's a double play ball to second. Fee short one. Cheetahs throw to first. In time. Ball game over. Yankees win. Bang, bang, a 4-6-3 double play. And Rivera does the job once again, and the Yankees win the first of this three-game series by the score of 8-5. So Rivera gets a save. And Pettit, of course, gets the win. And Pretty cool on the video. He gets the ball because it's his first ever save, and he knows it at the time. He, like, looks at the ball, takes it in, pumps it into his glove. He's, he's smiling bigger than he ever smiled. You know what I used to love? I used to really love was the handshake Jorge would give Mariano after games. Jorge would come in with his hands 
his fingers completely spread. Think about it, no one gives handshakes like that, but that's what Posada would do. Just completely spread, and then Mo would just they would just shake hands. Just like two old souls baseball men. Posada low-key, total weirdo. Yeah, man. I mean, Posada, the, the story about how Posada met his wife is just all time like, oh, you're that kind of guy. He is, yeah. Posada's the, the kind of guy you want as your teammate and you want as your best, best friend. And then anything else, you don't really want to hang out with him. All right. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in a fight on the field, of course you want him on your side. And then in regular life, you want him if like he's 100% loyal to you and stuff and you're just like, "No, that's my best friend. I don't care what you say." Like he's but if he's a fringe friend, kind of like, "Nah, dude." Like, I don't know. <laughs> Sato coming out like, "No, nah, we can't handle that right now." <laughs> a little hothead, yeah. Uh, some wavy gravy in the live chat asked how did he meet his wife? Him and Jeter were at a club and he saw his wife, uh, Laura Posada at the time and looked at her and looked at Jeter and said, I'm going to marry that girl and walked over and said, I'm going to marry you. And then they started dating and then they got married and now they have kids and a great life together. Yeah. I wonder how many, what, what his hit rate was before that. Like, like Jeter's like, he said that every night. <laughs> oh, you think so? I don't know. I don't think so. I just thought of that now. Like Jeter's like, yeah, well, it was bound to happen. Did it with every girl. <laughs> yeah, that'd be tough. Jim, Jim, that's tough though. That's that's a you're a romantic. That that could be that's beautiful. I know. It's, I've I've heard that story and I've never once thought like, oh, maybe he was just calling a shot every night. <laughs> it's rude. <laughs> it's kind of funny to think about. Uh when I think of Mo, I have a weird uh, I have a weird first memory that pops in the head to my head because I think for most people it's just like enter Sandman. It's uh, the 2003 game where he pitched three innings and he like hugged the mound and cried, you know. Um, mine is different. It's the night he got his 500th career save, which was also the night he got his first career RBI. Do you remember that at all, Jake? I mean, I'm I did. I do because we talked about it earlier, but otherwise, like, not really. It was against the Mets in 2009. I'm going to play the audio from the RBI. Base is loaded. The Yankees are up 3-2, to two, top of the ninth, so close game. K-Rod's on the mound for the Mets, and Mariano's at the plate because he came in earlier, obviously. Brett Gardner's on second. Here's the audio. All three runners take off. And he has walked in a run. Francisco Rodriguez has walked Rivera to force in a run, the first RBI in the career of Mariano Rivera. Same, same now, big smile on his face. Facing the opposing closer, Francisco Rodriguez, missing with a fastball away. Kind of throwing it across his body a little bit, trying to be too fine, throw to the heart of the plate. Gets a 2-1, comes back into the zone, 2-2. That swing right there, I agree. He with fouled you. off the 2-1, though. Nice hack. Got his hacks in. And then the very next inning, the bottom of the ninth, he gets the save, which I'm going to play now, which at the time was his 500th. I mean, he got his 600th a little bit after that. So, but want to know why I like this 500 save? There's a familiar name involved, Jake. You ready? Cora, two hits in seven career at-bats against Rivera. And that should do it. There is Cano to Teixeira. The 500th save for Mariano Rivera. The second in history to reach that plateau. And all of his teammates are coming out of the dugout, John. That was the infield. Like, it's his teammates are Tex, A-Rod, Cano, and Jeter. 2009 is a great year. Anyway, Alex Cora made the last out of his 500th career save. So suck on that, Boston. Ah, we 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 still got that on him. Yeah, find me your first ballot unanimous Hall of Famer, you chumps. We got we we got we got gotcha. you, gotcha. We got gotcha. you. So I I scoured the internet for the post game of this game, right? Because but I think it had to be ESPN, which is why it's not available. Because Mariano was awesome. They were like. He was like, why do you keep asking about my 500 save? I got my first ever career RBI. Yeah. I've never done that before. 
I've saved 500 games. That's boring. He didn't say in these words. Someone asked him, like, what are you more excited about? And he said, oh, the RBI. I've never done that before. <laughs> done this, I've saved 500 games. <laughs> so, I don't he's, know. He's pretty good. A conversation I got into with someone was, are, are, are we going to remember Mariano's save record as the same way, like, the guy who had more home runs before Babe Ruth in, like, 50 years? You know what I mean? Like, the guy who had more home runs, most he had the home run record for 22 years before Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth broke it. And you're like, oh, wow. That was pretty easy of Babe to break it. Like, are saves going to become more? I don't think so. I think saves are going to become obsolete, and Mariano's record is going to be, like, untouchable because the way bullpens are going now, like, I think we're going to go towards closure by committee eventually or multiple innings, mix and match. I think we might be going away from strict closer. Yeah, I don't know. I there's there's a couple school of thoughts. I think you're right to a degree. I think if a team doesn't have a a top ten closer, you're going to see more of that. Kind of what the Brewers did this year. Just whoever's healthy, the best matchup, and ready to go, you throw that guy out there. Um, I know like Kimbrel has the most saves of someone his age or something like that. So he's um, like he's going to end up in some rare air no matter how he finishes. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think people are going to approach it. I, I, I bet you see someone. Um, I, I think someone will get there, someone who's just dominant and freaky. And, I mean, all this emphasis on uh, relief pitching now, now that guys are going to focus on that. I mean, you'll see more guys that have <laughs> like a Raldis Chapman stuff. Like in our lifetime, we're probably going to see a guy that throws one ten, Maybe um, if it's physically maybe. possible, but, um, I don't know. I, I think the better comparison might be, um, I'm trying to think maybe like three point shooting in the NBA. If saves become a lot more popular, like it could be, maybe like a Ray Allen to a Clay Thompson kind of thing, just because like, like, like I could see this being the conversation, someone being like, you know, Oh, did you know Clay Thompson finished with, you know, a thousand more three pointers than Ray Allen. And someone will be like, yo, Ray Allen was a much better shooter. Clay just played in the NBA that shot a ton of three point shots. I think yeah. we all end up on the old man side of the fence eventually. That's true. Except like there's some like Joe DiMaggio's hit streak. Cal Ripken's games played streak, those will never be done again. Yeah, I mean, I think saves are still really popular, and there's always going to be something to the best guy in your bullpen coming in for the last three outs. So we'll see. Um, I, I think my my final closing thoughts on Mo is something I mentioned to you briefly before. Um, I clicked on Mo's page, so I was just clicking around random Yankees pages, and I clicked on I ended up on the 2000 Yankees. And um, Jim, I'll, I, I don't know what will be sparking your memory or, or what, what, what you already know or what you won't, but, I mean, that's, that's the year we beat the Mets in the World Series, Subway Series. Um, the Yankees won 87 games in the regular season that year, which was first in the AL East. 87? Which, yeah, which I was like, okay. Like, you know, maybe, maybe the division was tight that year, but that's, you know, that's still a tight number. So then I started looking at the stats, and um, so I'll say this. Bernie, Jeter, and Posada all had really big years. Bernie had a 957 OPS. Jorge had a 943 OPS, a 417 OBP, and that was the year Jeter batted 339. So, like, those three guys were monsters. Burn, baby, burn. Outside of that, Jim, no one had an OPS in the 800s that was a starter. Um we we did have some bit players in David Justice and Glenn Allen Hill that gave us some really good run that year. But if you look at it, like, Paulio didn't have his best year. Um, Tino didn't have his best year. Knobloch had a Knobloch year. Ricky Ledez listed as the starting left fielder. Uh, Brocious had an OBP under 300. So I was like, okay, you know, the lineup wasn't that great in 2000. So, you know, the pitching must have been a little better. Jim, the pitching staff <laughs> has some really funky numbers. So it lists our number one that year as Pettit. He went 19-9 and nine with a 4-3-5 ERA, which 
no, not the flashiest ERA, but kind of Andy Pettit. He won games. He did have some of the Yankees behind him. He had a one four six whip, man. And he and he used to turn double plays, huh? But yeah. I was like, okay, Jordan Montgomery. I was like, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> so then, pitcher number two listed is thirty-seven-year-old Roger Clemens, thirteen and eight, three-seven ERA. So like, he was good, but you know, he wasn't the Clemens Clemens we knew. Jimmy, this is where it gets nuts. Our third starter this year, El Duque, twelve and thirteen with a four-five ERA. You're like, okay, you know, El Duque. We we remember him falling off a little bit. Um, but he still had that big game mojo going on. So, like, whatever. You know, 4-5, it is what it is. Jimmy, starter number four. David Cohn. 4-14 four and 14 with a 6-9-1 ERA. It's not good. Coney, babe. Um, I, I'm excited to talk to him about that someday. Um, oh, and yeah, hope he, it doesn't end, doesn't end with me in a headlock. I don't know. I'll approach it professionally, Jim. You know me. What happened in 2000? And then our fifth starter that year, Jimmy, was the old train horn, Denny Nagel, <laughs> who Good. Denny had a 5.81 ERA. So, Jim, we had one starting pitcher with an ERA in the threes. Um, our bullpen, Jason Grimsley, had, the, had 63 appearances with a 5.04 ERA. Jeff Nelson was the only reliever with an ERA below like the fours that was someone we used mike stanton grimsley choate mendoza they were all in the fours mariano not even one of his more special years but he was 285 and i don't know when when i clicked through all of this and i was like what's really going on here my initial thought was dude when they interview all those guys jeter bernie hell even tino paul o'neill when they ask him, like, what was special about those teams, like, a lot of them will give spiel, like, oh, you know, we had a good group of guys, and Tory was a good manager, and, you know, we, we all wanted to win. But they all end up saying, like, yo, Mariano. And I, I guess that was my big, my, my final Mariano takeaway was, like, and I say spoiled Yankees fans a lot, like, we just forget that for 20 years, the game was over. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my uh, my biggest takeaways is that this was after World Series '98, World Series '99. They didn't care about the regular season. They're like, just get us to the playoffs, and we're groovy. Yeah, we don't care. My other takeaway is that Paul O'Neill never hit 30 home runs in a season, and I think that if he played nowadays, where batting average doesn't matter, I wonder if he would scrap his completely change his swing and style. Well, we'll ask him that when we talk to him and him and Coney. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say a little further back, you said Craig Kimball, Kimbrell has, a, has good numbers. His first eight years as a closer, Kimbrell has 332 saves. Mariano's first eight years as a closer, in those eight years, he had 331 saves. So there you go. But... That was up until age 34, and like you said, age 34 to 43 were Mariano like crazy. Still, can Kimbrell do it for another nine years? We'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how his how his body holds up. And I mean, that's <laughs> that's one of the biggest things in sports. Um, and that that's what the other part that was special about Mo is just how smooth it was. It was like Slender Man on the mound. <laughs> he just just threw it 93 and in at your hands, and it worked. <laughs> Papelbon had 290 saves his first eight years, so he was pretty close. Yeah, and he's one of the worst people on the planet, so. Yeah, there we go. All right, let's go to some voicemails. What's up, John Boy Jake? It's Leo from North Carolina. Um, now that Sonny Gray has been officially traded to the Reds, do you think this is a opportunity for Cashman to acquire either more pitching or someone like Machado or Harper? Um, and Cashman, if you're listening, please trade Ellsbury and um, Red Thunder himself. Thanks. Have a good one. Wow. Got to trade Clint call. Ellsbury, get rid of him. But, yeah, uh, get rid of him or have someone hurt him and collect insurance so he doesn't play. Brian, do that. Put out a hit. Cashman, Brian, you've always wanted to put out a hit. You think Brian Cashman hasn't put out a hit. Okay, Jim. Okay, great. I'm glad we're on the same page. He's such a put out a hit guy in the nicest way. Yo, not for nothing. What's the next news we hear about Ellsbury? Look, A, looks good in camp, B, is cut, C, is traded. D, I think the is next thing hurt we hear, and missing. I think the next thing we hear is like he, he feels great. 
right? There's definitely going to be a, wow, Jacoby Ellsbury feels healthy for the first time in five years. Yeah. Yeah, and then they we cut have to, to add, sh- we have to add that to our spring training bingo board. They cut to a shot of Humpty Dumpty just like limping down the the road. <laughs> <laughs> you think you think John Filippelli and the Yes Network would put together that video? <laughs> yeah, no, I'll make a shirt just Humpty Dumpty, but it'll say Jacob's, Jacoby Ellsbury on it. That's tough. I'd I'd wear one though. <laughs> that would be a funny shirt. Well, we know what you're going to do tomorrow. <laughs> uh is are they gonna get another pitcher now i think they kind of have to get some minor league starter or, yeah we or pitcher. we ran through the list the other day i wouldn't be surprised with how free agency is i want i wouldn't be surprised if um they get a decent name in in camp as like a triple a and if he makes the majors he gets a real contract kind of player um I'm I'm trying to think the names jumping to mind right now. I want to say like Edwin Jackson's a guy that's that's probably in that tweener area. Gio Gonzalez um, is still out there. Man, and Jimmy, that's the one Well, and this is where I don't know enough about Gio Gonzalez cuz man, if he was okay sitting in the bullpen for half the games and then getting 15 starts this year, what a signing that could possibly be for you. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of old veteran kind of quadruple a starters out there right now. Um, big game, James Shields, Jason Hamill, Edwin Jackson, Marco Estrada, Doug Fister, barely knower. Um, Giovanni Gallardo. I think he, he did some stuff out of the pin. So, so there's still a chance. I wouldn't be surprised if someone like that ends up at camp. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what they'll be promised or what they won't be promised. Giovanni Gallardo. All right. Next voicemail. Hey, guys. This is Nate from New Jersey. I'm here for Talking Yanks. Uh, I was just wondering, I just listened to uh, your last podcast, and you brought up Clint Frazier. Uh, I saw him like just tweeting out some things about him saying uh, he's going to play 162 games on left field and be the starting left fielder for the Yankees. I saw some Yankee fans were kind of against that and thought he was, I don't know, just being too cocky or something? Is that something you guys feel is, like, I don't know, unnecessary? Do you, do you agree with some fans saying that he was he's being too cocky or not? I Personally, I love it. I, I want him to have that mindset, especially after having to deal with all those concussions last year or concussion symptoms. But I love that. I want to see my uh, the players, like, thinking that they're the shit. I don't know. I like that. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Yeah, there's a big difference between thinking it and putting it out there on social media. So, like, yeah, I, I, not that I really have a problem with it, but no, I'm not in favor of that. I grew up watching the Yankees who are, like, um, in one of the World Series, they say they don't have a cocky swagger. They have a confidence about them, and everything right. that Clint projects – is the opposite of confidence. It's it's like desperation. Please think I'm great. You know what I mean? It doesn't come <laughs> off as it doesn't come off as confidence to me. It comes off as cocky, but he's like so abrasive about it. Anyway, uh, I hope Clinton does great. But I mean, do you remember like last spring training? He didn't have a spot in the outfield. Like he wasn't going to make the big league camp. There was zero right. chance unless everyone died. And he showed up to camp and was like, I told Boone I could play center field. Like, just watch me. Don't count the stats. Just watch. I don't know. Clint, Clint says dumb shit all the time. Oh, dude, you know what? Fucking here's my old man self coming out. Clint said, go. is doing a different dance each game during roll call acceptable? And like, for me, it is not acceptable. You can't do it. You choose something, the Swisher salute, the guardy muscles, and that's your thing. And you don't do a dance, my dude. A dance? I mean, that's that's that would be the perfect example for everyone. Team 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 Clint, team John Boy. That example is is perfect for everyone. Because there's the team Clint people would be saying, like, oh, that's so cool. You get excited for a new Clint dance every game. Um, and then different things could come from that. What if what if he does a certain what if he what if he turns into the next Babe Ruth, Jim? Every every game he does the chicken dance, he hits two home runs. A dance? 
I'm just telling you, man. It's it, and you acknowledge it. It is a little old man of you, but you're 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 absolutely right. So some of the ways Clint handles himself is too much. I mean, dude, he hasn't thing, done anything yet. And and that's the thing. And and Jim, if he comes out and he hits 35 home runs this year, Clint Frazier could point at you and say, like, I told you, I knew I could do this all along. And that's, I I guess the thing that we both know that hasn't been said yet is that. Like all athletes are hyper confident, and every guy is going to show it differently. Like, you know, I, Bernie Williams has never been called a peacock or anything. He he was sleeping before the games, and Shane Spencer had to wake him up. But if you cornered Bernie for a minute, you know, in a in a private moment, just you, him, and a couple beers, I bet he'd tell you he thought he was going to get a hit off every pitcher he faced because yeah. you need that to be an athlete. So it's it's just how you show it, and Clint's a little over the top and new age and he's Dude, he's he, a kid on Twitter I'm, and Instagram. Uh, he also requested a new nickname. Right. Dude, I mean do something first, my dude. He got healthy from a concussion. Now he's He's telling you he's gonna. He's, he's telling you he's gonna. I don't I don't I So I when know, he doesn't, you can rip into him. I know it's old manish whatever and I I don't think I'm old manish with everything like I love bat flips. I love screaming right. and yelling during the game. I like being passionate. I don't care about any of that. As long as it's in good fun and not hurting other people. But like requesting a nickname, it's not how nicknames work, my dude. It's never been how nicknames work. Saying he's if he does a dance, they cheer your name, you acknowledge them and salute them. If you turn this into a dance routine, I'm gonna be such an old, angry man. Yep, I already are. Already already am. Let's go to the next call. Hey, Talking Yanks. This is Sam from Jacksonville, and I'm not here to talk about Sonny Gray because, honestly, I'd like to forget that he was ever a Yankee. Instead, I want to talk about the Hall of Fame and my favorite player of all time, Roger Clemens. People always say he is undeserving because he used performance-enhancing drugs, and I've always thought that was a stupid argument because, think about it, if you were to inject steroids into my ass, it wouldn't turn me. Yeah, so that's probably going to be the same steroid thing that everyone says, but, yeah, I don't, I don't care about steroids. Barry Bonds took steroids, so did a ton of other people. No one did what Barry Bonds did. Yeah, put put an asterisk guy and Oh, I don't care I don't if know. they put an asterisk, but they need to be acknowledged for what they did. Yeah. I mean they they were great players and I um like dude yeah, it, it was such a time and maybe we were just a little too young, but like I guess technically there's never been anything proven against Roger Clemens. <laughs> like technically. Like he got cleared in court, he Blah, blah, blah. He's never been proven that he did anything. So, like, I, I guess that's almost the gray area now. Like, Roger Clemens to this day denies he did anything, even though we all, like, know. But, again, I forget everything that transpired Transpired then. So, we'll see. I, everyone's going to end up in. It's just a matter of how it looks when it happens. Yeah, I agree. All right, next call. Hey, guys. Uh, it's Will from Rochester here calling for Talking Yanks. Uh, just had a quick question. I saw Al Leiter was leaving the Yes booth and was wondering who you guys would want uh, as a like former Yankee to be in the Yes booth doing games. Um, let me know what you guys think. Thanks. Have a great day. All right, former Yes, Yes, former Yankee to be in the booth. Al Leiter's not doing a lot of games. The schedule kind of shitty. Paul O'Neill's not doing nearly enough games. They need Paul to do more games. And Flash is doing like seventy, but it says yeah. some might be in the booth. Yeah, those those count his in the studio. Yeah. Anyway, this is a fun question. I thought, who would you want? What ex Yankee would you want in the booth? I had two that I thought of, Jake. Everyone's gonna have Swisher, right? I had Swisher for two games a year, one before okay. the All Star break and one after, because I couldn't do any more than that. Like baseball's okay. a relaxing sport, like an all relaxing watch, and Swisher would be great twice a year. Okay. The other guy. You- you enjoyed Tony Romo last weekend. That could but that's be Tony Romo week. part two. Once that's a week, true. and like you know, it's not every game. Football, day, baseball is a different animal. My other one is Pettit because I just love his accent, his drawl, and his uh, manner. That's right. When he was in the booth in Old Timers Day, you you had a blast. I ate it up, dude. I loved everything about it. Yeah, I really like Pettit in the booth. Do you have any that you can think of? Um. I mean, Bernie would be a cop-out, but I could watch him read a phone book. Um, 
Dude, Bernie I'm, I'm, would slow down the production of the game so much. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be talking about the next last at bat while Kay's calling this one. Ideally, it's Bernie with a guitar, Coney, and Kayster, and everyone has to take a shot per inning. Um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm trying to think out who who's who are some fun characters that that we'd really like. Um, I don't know, man. Louis Soho, what's he doing? He's is he still a minor league coach? Yeah, probably. I mean, I feel like that'd be just good times. Be good. I was trying to think of some like side character player who would just be like so not caring about telling stories. Give me Tanaka through a translator. <laughs> Tanaka through a translator would be pretty good. Give me Tanaka no translator. <laughs> yeah. How just... how um I mean, how much does Enrique Wilson weigh now? I'd I'd like to know. Get him on camera. He's gotta be a little bowling ball, right? They should only bring in Enrique Wilson when Pedro's in the building somewhere. That'd be they good. should just keep that tradition going. Yeah, I like that. Next. Tell us who we missed, people. Yeah, we had to miss some good ones. Oh, wow. Some production out of a call. <laughs> Bitchin'. John Boy Jake, Ryan, South Florida. Our boy did it, man. Unanimous decision. What an unbelievable feeling, man. Watching that video, sent chills down my spine when I saw him get that call. We just peaked way too early, guys. That's the only complaint I have is just that the Yankees, just we just had such a great closer, and we'll never, ever see one like that again. We'll be talking 40 years from now, complaining with our hands in our pants, saying, hey, I saw Mo Rivera. He was the greatest closer to ever lived. To our kids, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, guys, man, I want to leave that quick voicemail. Mo's the greatest. I'm big up to Edgar, Lucina, and a late Roy Holiday, man. Rest in peace. All right, boys. Later. Hey, man. A little Enter Salmon got me juiced up. This is a good voicemail from Ryan. Yeah, that's that's going to be where we talk some old man stuff before. That's going to be... When we're old men, we're going to play that for our grandkids and tell them how bitching that was. And they're going to be like, Gramps, this song kind of sucks. That guy looks like he weighs 150 pounds. Like, this isn't intimidating. Yeah. And it's like, we're going to have to tell them, like, no, you don't understand. Like, that's almost part of it. Like, I think that plays with Mariano, the fact he wasn't this imposing figure, yet he was as imposing as he was. I think that played strong. Yeah. You know they called him the Sandman because he slept in the bullpen during games? No. That's the story I remember Michael Kay saying, or Francesa. Yeah, they called him the Sandman because he slept in the bullpen during games. Because you know that song? Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Right. Bum, 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 bum. And then, so then they got that nickname. Then they would play Enter Sandman for him. That's what I remember hearing somewhere. I don't know if that's fact or fiction. But I definitely heard it somewhere. Next call. Yeah, this is Alex from Illinois calling in for uh, Talking Yanks about my favorite uh, Mariano Rivera story, or memory, whatever it is. Uh, I was like six or seven. My dad was taking me to my first Yankees game, and uh, he made me a sign that said it. said my first Yankee game on it, and it was down by trying to get autographs, uh, batting practice, whatever it was. And uh, Mariana walks up right to us and said, hey, it's your first game, first Yankee game. He goes, yeah. And uh, he said, well, here, let's make it a memory. And he signs my sign, signs a ball for me. And he stops and talks to us for a few minutes. Man, it was awesome. It sure was a memory. All right, thank you, guys. And uh, Jake sucks. <laughs> they catch me by surprise every time. Was that a really delightful Mariano Rivera first game memory? And then it was closed with a Jake sucks. It was so pleasant. Was that so guy just told. Wait, that was so that gentleman. That gentleman just told a story about how pleasant a tiny gesture was to him as a youth, and then he calls in here and he ends his call with Jake sucks. But his delivery was comedy gold. 
It was a long con just to lay the Jake sucks on us. No, it's a good story. Yeah, every, everyone's been saying um, super nice thing. Kay, Susan, have you been seeing Susan Waldman's Instagrams? No, I saw that you tweeted it. And, I, and that picture that she tweeted is fantastic. Right? Just like shows her hustling like in the 90s. Mariano kind of just being like the weirdo. Um, that like we sitting all on a trash can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all, all the Yankees people went out of their way to do, to, to say incredibly nice things about Mo past, past what they need to do for something like this. Did you see Susan Wallman's Christmas card? Oh yeah. She runs my, a top Instagram account that I, her B had baby. Um, I got to think who else, you know, who else runs a good account? Dono. You follow Dono? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He runs. I follow the translator, too. What's his name? Marlon. Marlon. Dono runs a pretty good account. But, yeah, Susan's up there. It's fantastic. I'd say it's Susan Waldman, Tanaka, and the Catch Me Outside girl are my three favorite Instagram accounts. Tanaka, then Waldman for me. Oh, I wasn't ranking them. I was just saying top three. Okay. One more call. What's up, boys? This is Chris. They're talking Yanks. Hey, listen, congrats to Mo, congrats to Moose. I was at the near perfect game in two thousand one versus the Sox. Happy for both of them. A hundred percent for Mo. You think Jeter's getting in with a hundred percent next year? I don't know. Keep it up. I don't think Jeter's getting in with a hundred percent next year, but I think he should, not because he deserves it more than other players. I just think they should scrap the whole coveted unanimous thing. When everyone knows he's going to be a Hall of Famer, just do it right away and spare everyone the theatrics and all that stuff. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I I don't think Jeter will get it, but if he does, like, A, that would mean they've got it right. And then I think going forward, I think that would almost make it more of a better thing. I think then it would be cool if, like, if you were a guy that deserved to get in 100%, then, then that would be a fun label. But right now, it's a ridiculous label. Yeah. Yep. All right, that's all we got. That's the rest of the show. Uh, hopefully, we get some more news. I don't know how much more news is coming out of Yankee land, so we might be able to get into like our spring training predictions over what guys are going to come in what shape and all the spring training cliches, I should say. I don't know if we're ready for lineup stuff or we have to wait till Manny and Bryce are done to see. We could always do it again, but... We do have some fun stuff planned in the future, but hopefully we get some news to work with too. That's the end of this show. Thank you all for joining. Go Mariano. Go Musina. Jake, any last words? I ended up on an odd baseball reference page, and I, I Nick Markakis has, been, has played the most games in right field for 10 seasons. So that's my, I guess that's my closing note. Okay, fantastic closing note. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees.